This is the Prosperous Family Podcast, where we explore creative ways of prospering mentally, emotionally, socially, physically, financially, and spiritually. So pull out your notepads, put on your thinking caps, and be open to new ways of approaching your day-to-day life, new ways of creating prosperity, happiness, joy, peace in your life and in the lives of your family members. Welcome to Prosperous Family Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Prosperous Family Podcast. My name is Marianne Hobson and I will be your host through this journey of learning and exploration. I want to first tell you about this podcast, since this is the first episode. On this particular episode, I am going to be telling stories, uh, first and foremost, telling stories, and then I'll tell you a little bit about this podcast and how I hope you will use it. And I will wrap it up with another story And finally, an exercise, but you'll learn more about what um, those exercises are and how to use them in the next section of this episode. Today, I want to start by telling you a story of my fall semester, um, 1996. I was 24 and had completed all of the classwork for my university degree. I had one, um, what you would call an online program now, it was a mail-in program class that I was taking. And the, um, I was working an internship at the National Archives, which should have been a really good mesh for my history degree that I had been taking. And I learned a lot about the Civil War and Um, what the lack of medical care for the people there. But that's an aside from the point of my story. The the, um, environment there for me in Washington, D.C. was wonderful in a lot of ways. And I really enjoyed the group of people I lived with and um, the community of friends we had both in... um, just in our social circles as well as our church circles and community. Um, But that that internship was only for one semester for me. And and about halfway through the semester, my roommates decided to change living locations. So they had lived in the same house where I had come to stay with them for several years, but decided to move into the apartment just a little bit closer to town, to DC. And it was um, a situation where the only apartment available was one where they would only have, would have less rooms than we had at the house where we were staying. And so I, knowing that I didn't have a permanent um, job and didn't have a permanent plan, um, opted to come live with them for a few weeks, but 
not have a, not sign the lease and be only sharing a room. So it created a, a weird living situation, um, somewhat awkward for the person who had been taught to live by the rules. And here I was staying, quote unquote, on the couch for a few weeks. But more than that, I needed a permanent plan. I needed to know what I was going to do next. And in the process of that, um, got a lead and, and applied for a job that was going to be what I thought would be really interesting and avenue of both experience and education for me. And I had the interview just before Thanksgiving break. Felt really good about it, but um, the people I interviewed with and I both um, said we would come back at, after the Thanksgiving break. So I drove home to North Carolina and kind of debating about what I was going to do and how I was going to find housing and if I was going to take this job through for the whole six, seven hour drive, maybe eight. Anyway, for the whole drive, I was just being open to what should I do next? And as I pulled into my parents' driveway, a feeling of just knowing came over me that I was supposed to stay here, stay there, <laughs> stay in North Carolina and stay with my parents. And that the living arrangements in Washington, DC didn't really matter. And the job interview that I had just had didn't really matter, but I was supposed to stay in North Carolina. And that one decision has had a ripple effect over the course of the almost 26 years since that decision. And to be honest, um, at the time it was still a lot of unanswered questions. Was I going to get a job? Was I going to go back to school? And um, where would my life lead from there? Um, and about two and a half, three months after that decision, I was in more of a daytime decision. What am I going to do? Trying to decide if I was going to go to a Valentine's Day dance that was a little more than a two hour drive from my home. And as I was speaking with my friend who I was planning to attend the dance with, we were a little bit concerned because there had been some bad wintry weather that morning and living in the mountains of Western North Carolina, the roads can get icy and you never quite know. And especially coming home the night, the, the next night after the dance are our fathers especially were concerned and we decided that we were going to go that there were enough good reasons to go that we would just take the risk and go and then be really careful driving home and at that dance i met a man named tommy hobson and the story of my meeting him i will actually say for a future episode but it was in the next coming weeks where I fell in love. And I fell in love with Tommy Hobson for two reasons. The first was that he saw in me my potential. 
anytime I talked about my future, my dreams, the things that I wanted to accomplish, both for family and professionally, he was 100% supportive and made me feel like I could do that and more. And the other reason was I pretty much felt the same about him. I saw a man who had come from a somewhat troubled background, had some rough moments in his life, and was making decisions to take his life in his own hands and really change the trajectory of his life. And I wanted to be on that ride. I really felt like joining him in the direction that he was now going was going to be something that would be really beneficial to me. And so we took that love and made the decision to get married in fall of um, September of 1997. And so this month we are celebrating 25 years together. And because of that, I thought it would be a great way to celebrate by starting this Prosperous Family podcast with 25 episodes. So you will see um, a number of episodes from me, I think it's five or six from me, as well as guests that I have invited to come along with me for this journey. I have invited guests for a number of reasons. Yes, of course, on podcasts, there are often guests. But for me, it's specifically because I hope that this podcast will be something that will help you in supporting your family in their current prosperity as well as in their future potential prosperity. And one of the things that I have learned is that in seeking those answers, I often find people who I connect with and I dive deep in with them. And then there are those who have one nugget of wisdom for me just at the right moment. And then there are some that I jump on board and I'm connected with for a time, but I end up going another way after a while. And I want this podcast to be the avenue for you to find those people that you need to connect with, whether it's just one insightful moment for you to glean from and take that wisdom to turn a new leaf or a new direction in your life, or someone you gather for and follow for a time, or someone you dive deep and connect with and really glean from all their wisdom. I hope that you will observe me and those who are my guests as your noble friends, which is someone who is here to serve you in some way. And along that line, I will um, be talking a little bit more in just a moment about what it means to be a prosperous family and what I hope you will be seeking for as well as gain by listening to this podcast on a regular basis. Talk to you in just a moment. 
Hey, Marion Hobson here, and I'm so glad that you are participating in our first 25 episodes. Grateful that you're exploring what we have to share and open to your comments. While we are publishing these in September, we are preparing for future trainings in October and November. So make sure that you are listening to future recordings so that you hear about more ways to dive in deep with me and some of our coaches and guests for future trainings in October and November. So the story goes, Tommy and I got married in 1997. He and I worked together for the first couple of years to create a family (laughs) part-time. It felt like we were creating a family part-time on and again, off again. Um, as we were both working full time and we had his sons from his previous marriage um, Wednesday nights and every other weekend. And so it felt like some, in some ways we lived very different lives in those two scenarios. And yet um, in 1999, I became pregnant or late 98, whatever, I became pregnant with my first son, my first child. And I had always thought I would be a stay-at-home mom. And without much plan, I quit my full-time job and started a part-time job in the with the idea that I would do on um, some type of income that was going to be more part-time. And while that story is also one for a later episode, I was drawn in the next few years to start following different coaches and guides, mentors, trainings, um, professional development that taught about money and taught a lot about money mindset. And I started to kind of evaluate their definition of prosperity. And, um, you know, evaluate my experiences over my life. And I have to say, and there, there was a lot of interpretation of my past from a place of victimhood and a place of um, questioning and doubt uh, because I wasn't where I wanted to be financially. And so I blamed a lot of the results on people who had influenced my past, influenced my life, especially my parents. And as I was involved with these coaches and people who were trying to teach me this money mindset, what I started to see was I was prosperous in a lot of other ways besides money. I really um, had a lot of good habits as far as taking care of my health, though I have learned even better ones since then. I had a lot of love from Tommy and his sons, as well as my children who came along during the years that I was receiving this training. I wasn't the best at friendships, but I did have some that were really deep and really rich. And I have to say that despite 
my um, judgment and criticism of them really had a lot of strength and encouragement from my parents. And there were a lot of good things in my life that I felt prosperous in so many ways besides financial. And there were times when I had episodes of financial prosperity, which I will be talking about in that future epi- you know, episode. But there was also times where I didn't care about the money because making the money was less important to me than doing what I was doing at that moment. And one of those times was when I had three kids under four and I was very happy and content to babysit one other kid because he just kind of fell into our group (laughs) and um, really not be making a whole lot of money. Another of those times was when I um, just felt like our, my relationship with my husband needed work and the emotional work that I needed to do took a lot more of my time and energy than I was able to, um, like I couldn't accommodate a full-time job at that time because of all of the shifts and changes that I needed to do. And um, another time was when I was doing this professional development program that was growing me so intensely that it didn't matter to me whether I was making money or not because I was so grateful for the growth and change and prosperity that I was receiving emotionally through, by going through that program and having the time to really read the books and do the exercises and learn what I needed to learn to make my life more prosperous in all areas. And to be honest, right now, this is one of those times when the bringing in the financial dollars and cents is not my ultimate priority. Although I am working um, here and there on for a food delivery service, and you'll hear me talk about here and there, I am mostly supporting my mother in her aging years and also playing around with kicking off this podcast and really figuring out what I have to teach. And giving in that way is so much more important than having the dollars and cents come in right now. In fact, I know when I'm in one of these phases where I'm totally focused on growing or giving, and sometimes a little bit of both, I've seen over the course of my years that the financial prosperity is going to come right behind that. And so I'm looking forward to this journey because I've tried several times to try to sell people into programs and done okay at selling them into programs, (laughs) but not done as well at selling them into really doing the work 
required to make the changes in their lives that will open them up to the abundance that they desire, the abundance of health, the abundance of relationships, the abundance of emotional well-being, mental strength, and financial prosperity. And so in doing this podcast, my biggest goal is that I help you to have the courage to do the work. And one of the ways I want you to do that is by making sure if you listen to nothing else of each episode, that you listen to the last five minutes and make it a habit to take whatever exercise I give you or my guest gives you and do it. Do it for that day. Do it for seven days. See if you can do it for 21, 30, or 40 days in a row. If you will take these small exercises and whether you, you know, one way you could use this is simply listen to the a podcast every day since it, hey we're starting with 25 you could get yourself into a new habit of learning something new or trying a new practice every day for 21 days 30 days whatever it takes you to do something different and those little shifts will be what will take you to an entirely new life in the long-term trajectory. I have a, a mentor that I listened to who was a pilot for many of his years, and he always points out that if you are on a, a journey within a plane, you have to make constant directional changes, shifts, to be able to stay on course. What I have learned in growing uh, emotional, physical, financial, mental, and spiritual strength and prosperity is you need to do the same. Number one, regularly connect with where you're going, what that future will be like. What does it feel like? Can you see it? Can you sense it? Can you taste it? Can you write about it? And on a consistent basis, connect with what that future is going to be like, at least as far as you can imagine it. And the second thing is to make regular shifts, small changes. And so one of the reasons I'm asking every guest to give you an exercise is so that you can take those exercises and use them Again, whether you do them for one day, seven days, two days, 21, 30, 40, that you acknowledge making that small shift will be what you need to completely bring in all of the happiness, joy, prosperity that you desire today and in the future. It's crazy to me how doing a small exercise can shift your entire day. You might feel down, depressed, upset, frustrated, overwhelmed with something that just happened. 
and you turn on a podcast, you listen to a training, you do some exercise, you check out a meditation, and your life is different if you allow it to be. Now, that's the one thing that I will acknowledge, and I'm sure I will talk about this in multiple episodes, but you do have to allow it. And for me, that means letting down your resistance, letting down this addiction you have to being broken, to seeing your life from the perspective of this is never gonna change. You have to let go of that feeling like you're a failure because you've made mistakes or something that you did wasn't perfect. And with that, I want to go back to my original story of that decision to stay in North Carolina. Because yes, I met my eternal companion, Tommy Hobson from, and I was led to him because of that decision to stay that Thanksgiving day. And at the same time, there have been times in my life that I have wished I went back to Washington, D.C., that I took that amazing job and had a huge professional career. Because I've come to realize that we have to look at the good and bad of our decisions. Just acknowledging we don't have to cling to the guilt or the feelings of what if. But acknowledging them allows us to grieve. And I have another episode about grief, so we won't go into that a lot. But the fact of the matter is, every good thing brings bad, brings the options that you could have had, could have been. And there are some of us, and this does not happen for everybody, this is not true for every person on the planet, but I know a lot of people can see possibilities. And when you acknowledge that you let go of some possibilities, I have found that it is freeing to me to embrace the potential of the path that I have chosen. You know, Robert Frost um, always talked about the road less traveled. Well, the road less traveled may have brambles and briars and weeds. And there may be times when it's really hard to see where you're going. Because there's, excuse me, because there's been less people on that trail, on that path. But it doesn't mean that it's not the right path. That easier path, that path that's full of other people that you sometimes get a glimpse of is not the path you've chosen, is not the path that was right for you because you followed your gut and you went with the road less traveled. So I want to give you the blessing of, give you the gift of taking one moment to acknowledge that the decisions you've made have taken you on the road that is best for you. And I hope you'll breathe that in 
soak it up and know in your heart of hearts, in your mind and in your soul, from the top of your head to the tips of your toes and every muscle cell in your being, that this is the road you are on because this is the best road for you. Talk to you again in a few minutes. Hey, Marianne Hobson here. Wanted to invite you to become a part of our part, fun and games. If you haven't, I want to make sure that you are a member of my Peaceful Rich Moms Facebook group. That is a way that you can see, learn about the activities we have going on. In October and November, you'll also see games where you can win prizes um, of various values. So make sure that you join the Peaceful Rich Moms group and like my Genius Moms page, which I'll talk again about another time. Hey, Marianne here. Welcome back. Want to wrap this up um, or do this second section on the story of my family of origin. You know, in 1968, my, and if, (laughs) I believe it was around 1968, my father was looking for a job and based on um, some experience he had previously had with a career training program, Sent a, res- sent a group of resumes out. And in the course of um, interviews, he found a job in Arden, North Carolina, just south of Asheville. And at the time, it was still rather small community. But he joined a company that was like a family to us. Um, and he moved my mother and his seven kids at the time, south to a place my mom decided was paradise because she loved the rolling hills of Western North Carolina from the moment she moved there and told my father that she would never move again and almost kept that commitment, but did keep the commitment that she would live there till the day she died. She moved away for one year, but that's another story because she moved right back. And in coming to live in Western North Carolina, the Colliers, which is my family maiden name, began to be a part of the community. My mom became a part of the PTA of a new, new school. My father, um, was a leader in the church as well as in his business. And my mother had her eighth child. Well, when that eighth child was a girl, she decided she had not kept her goal or desire of having four girls and four boys. So she got pregnant again. And number nine was another girl. And I am blessed to be number nine. And while I wasn't the desired boy and that came after me, he came after me, I 
have benefited so greatly from having the opportunity to grow up in a family of 10 kids. I have benefited so greatly from having the opportunity to be raised by a woman who was determined to make life better for her children. And having been blessed to be raised by a man who took it seriously to be the best father that he could be. Now, I acknowledge that myself and my siblings will all be able to point out flaws in my parents. And at the same time, I want to let you know that I really, in many ways, grew up in paradise. A couple years before I was born, between that 1968 and 1972 when I was born, the um, my, fam my parents and another family joined together to buy 70 acres of wooded, mostly wooded land on the side of a hill. And we, the 17 or so of us who were born and raised there, 17, 18, whatever we are, <laughs> 1920 it depends on how when you anyway 20 plus if you count all of the adopted friend um adopted kids those of us who were raised by those two families let's say it that way enjoyed the freedom to romp and roam and to be raised in nature to go and come as we pleased and to be called home every night by the cowbell. Now, granted, my mother could whistle and we could hear her whistle from almost all around those 70 acres. But just in case we couldn't, the family next door, the Peerts were, um, had the cowbell and we definitely could hear that all across the 70 acres. And we knew it was time to come home. We knew that Every night we'd have family dinner. Um, as far as I can remember, every night we had family dinner with most of us there um, until my teenage years when, you know, life got a little more hectic. But there, there were so many good things from that and so many stable parts of my life that the rough parts and the moments where stress, anxiety, trauma, came in were a little more carried, carried me. Let's say that. The, 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 the good and the peace and the happiness and the love and the joy and the stability carried me through some of those more trauma and tough and tense moments. So let's find a story in all that. I remember when I was young, my sisters and uh, older sister, especially and a couple brothers probably participated, would on a regular basis create a penny machine for us. And that was an opportunity for them to get rid of their junk, really. But it, for us, it was an opportunity to get something random, new, and be curious for a few moments as we put our penny on the tray and pushed the cardboard box or whatever the tray was at the moment 
underneath that sheet, I remember one day vividly excited and just jumping for joy that I was going to get something new and something totally unexpected and watching the tray come back out. And I don't even remember what the toy was or the junk item was, but I felt so much happiness and peace that my siblings would create this kind of exciting adventure for me. Another fun story is my mother's sewing room. It was in the attic and we um, were not supposed to go in there and never ever supposed to go in the part of the attic behind the sewing room. Now I know that that's where Santa Claus hid his stuff and some other things were hid there. But at the time, it was just an adventure, you know? There was this dark, unlit cavern behind my mother's sewing room that had a little um, like fairy or dwarf sized door. And going through the dwarf sized door alone was such an adventure that you knew I was going to do it. And so one of my um, funnest uh, little places that I go in meditation, honestly, to think about joy and happiness was crawling into that door, through that dwarf door and just hanging out in the darkness of that unlit portion of the attic. And just in my giddiness that I'd been able to get away with something that I was far away from anyone who was looking to find me and that I, for a few moments, had the world to myself. I loved being with my family and I still love to gather with them. And I'm looking forward to, as I record this, having a Zoom conversation with them because I learned so much from every single one of them. And I also really enjoy having a few moments to myself and just to be with the energies as some of my friends have since taught me are just to explore possibilities and feel enthusiasm and energy and excitement of just being in the world, being present in that moment. And in that little hidden alcove of the attic is one of the places that I found that peace and that happiness and giddiness and curiosity for life. And another thing that we love to do on those 70 acres, um, well, let me say I love to do, was to take adventures. And I would pack up snacks and treats and I would rope my brother and one of the neighbor kids in and we'd take an adventure and we'd hike up those that hill. And now hiking up the hill probably takes 10 minutes, even the steepest part of it. But as that child who was leading the adventure, I, um, you know, it was much more like an hour or two. And when we took the uncharted um, direction off the path and through the weeds and adventures of the jungle, as we would call them, 
it was probably much more than an hour. And I remember um, there was a period of time where every Saturday we would go on an adventure and we would mark the end of our adventure with nails in the tree, hoping that we would be able to come back and, and find those nails. Um, to this day, I couldn't tell you where they are, and hopefully those trees have survived growing around them. But um, I have since learned that those two um, qualities are qualities that are innately part of me. The quality of being alone with my creativity and the quality of being a leader and starting adventures um, have, are really a deep part of me. And one of the things that I hope you will start to explore as you're listening to this podcast, and you'll see, hear me talk about it on my episodes as well as here and there with my guests, is what are the qualities and talents and gifts that you have in your life that you've always had, that you are sharing with the world and you are in your own way changing and transforming the world because you're showing up in that way. I teach a system that um, says we have five energy systems or five sets of qualities and then five defensive sets of trying to get things done and accomplished in the world. And if we're using the defensive sets, that's usually when we're trying to be something we're not. We're trying to use somebody else's system for getting things done. And so I hope you will start to explore that in your own life. Where have you been the happiest and found the most joy, received the most greatest light, Though doing those things, especially when, when you can explore how you did them as a child, will be signals and light to you about how you can show up with greater joy, happiness, prosperity, and abundance now in your current life, in your current system. Okay, so thank you for listening to this episode. So excited to share more episodes with you very soon. Want to leave you with an exercise. If you're anything like I was a few years ago and actually where I am today looking forward because I really believe that if you want to create the best present moment, you have to heal the past and plan and explore what you want for the future. You are aware that you're not completely receiving now what you want for the future. So I want to give you this exercise and it's called the what do you want exercise. And you can do it simply with one thing, you can do it with five or 10, but it's also part of a larger ex exercise that I teach to help you really understand what the desires of your heart are. But we'll save that for my webinar uh, in October. What I want to invite you to do is 
think of something that's not like you want it to be. Maybe you don't have as many friends as you want. Maybe your relationship with your one of your children is not where you want it to be. Maybe you don't have as much health as you believe you should be having to really prosper. Maybe you are trying to get greater financial prosperity. Think of one thing and write it down in a short phrase or statement. And I do encourage you to do this exercise by writing it down. And then ask yourself, what do I want instead? Instead of how it's showing up now, how do I want my life to be? And you can do this part simply by just thinking about what you want instead or writing it down, which I think is great. And when you do, you have to say or write without using the words don't, not, know, and without using could, should, would, completely and totally in present tense. Now, this exercise I, I um, am drawing from Michael Lozier and Christy Whitman, parts of both of theirs as well as developing it into my own. The last step of this exercise is take that paper where you wrote down what you have currently in your moment, in this moment, rip it in shreds, throw it in the trash, burn it, put it in the toilet if you have biodegradable paper, <laughs> but get rid of it and tell yourself that from this moment forward, you're creating a new result, a new prosperous life where you are blessed mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, and financially. Looking forward to sharing this journey with you now and in the future. Take care. Thanks so much for listening today. I'm Marianne Hobson, and I invite you to subscribe, like, comment, and most importantly, share what you've learned with someone you know. The best way to lock it in is to teach someone else. So make sure that you share what you've learned, take action on an exercise or something that you've heard today, and come back to let us know how it's benefited your life and your family. Looking forward to hearing from you soon.